You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Carter comes up shooting. Welcome to 95 to Infinity Podcast. I am Brandon Kajoka joining you on a Wednesday afternoon. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Um, we got a ton of Raptors. And we also have a little, uh, a little bit of an exciting announcement that we're going to drop on Friday. So stay tuned for that, guys. Joining me online to break this all down is the usual suspects, Christian Graffin and Gregory Euroshadas, fellows. Since the All-Star break, let's talk Toronto Raptors. Any cause for concern? I know we had a pretty impressive win against the Brooklyn Nets, you know, a Brooklyn Nets without any of their aforementioned or any of their superstars. Kyrie, KD, Harden's gone. Ben Simmons is, I don't even know when he's going to be on the court. What was your impression of last night's game, Greg, and kind of our little bit of a tailspin post-deadline, or sorry, post-All-Star game? Well... Yeah, it's it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde situation, right? Those first games back were pretty embarrassing. I I knew the Hornets were going to wax us just based on the way that we did that to them the game prior. Uh, did you and bet on, missed, bet on it? What's that? Did you bet on it? I did not bet on it. Mm, if I had, if you- I if you know, maybe if I was making a little more money off this podcast, I'd have a little bit more throw around. <laughs> Right, Nicky, a little more. Thought you pursued a fucking PhD, Greg. <laughs> I'm in it for the people. I'm in it for the people. Look, so, but um, long story short, no, I don't think the team has anything to be concerned about because we're missing OG Ananobi. Fred Van Vliet seemed to be still on All Star cruise control mode. I know he's dealing with a knee injury as well, and I mean the OG thing can't be overstated. He's a really important connector for the team and look this is a long game that the Raptors are playing they didn't make the big swing moves at the all-star break uh to try to compete with the giants of the east right so it's gonna be you know two step forward one step back i think for the rest of the season yeah i don't think i think you're right like honestly the games after the all-star break they're so hard to predict like i, I was asking you greg if you bet on the games because Honestly, I've been betting on games in the NBA this year and I've been doing okay. And then post all-star break, everything goes to shit. 
and I can't predict one goddamn thing that's going to happen. Um, the Raptors are already a hard team but to bet on. Because on that quickly, Graf. Do you think there's a reason for all this chaos in the league right now? Is it is it injuries or certain players playing above their expectation? Like, is there a specific reason why there's so much sporadic chaos in the league right now? I think that the break gives teams a chance to really evaluate that first half or even a little bit more than half of the season. And it kind of puts the coaches in a position where they can see. And again, when they come out after the all-star break, I think they know how many games they have to win going down the stretch. And that number is embedded in players' minds. And just because of that alone, there's just way more added pressure post all-star break than pre all-star break. You're still trying to find your footing. And honestly, you can get away with excuses before the all-star break. If your team's not doing well and the Raptors specifically, I mean, they rattled off that huge win streak. So it really put them in a position of pressure and, and just to echo Greg's sentiment, uh, Fred Van Vliet's knee is pretty fucked up. Siakam has been sick. And that's, you know, like we're not all fucking Michael Jordan who can just go out there and have a flu game. It's obviously been noticeable in his game. We've been lucky that Scotty Barnes has come in and just, I mean, had two out of three games now have been the, that have been career highs. So I think across the league, you saw some weird losses. Like Milwaukee even lost to the Nets before they ended up facing the Raptors. Um let me just think back at all the bets I've lost. There's been a few games basically that have had underdogs winning and you're right. I think people just come out of all-star game kind of in cruise control still. Yeah. The, you know, not to this podcast, it- gambling advice whatsoever. Cause we can't give it to you. Clearly graphings losing his point. Greg, I'm going to throw this over to you, bro. What do you think of tonight's game? You know, obviously we blew them out 36 points last night. What kind of improvements do you like want to see from in, into yesterday, into tonight? Um, specifically, you know, I'm not quite exactly sure what's going on with that. Katie is not going to play. I don't believe Ben Simmons will be playing and Kyrie Irving yeah. cannot play. So look, I mean, this in the grand scheme of things would be uh, an insignificant game, right? However, given, given the play in uh, a tournament, right? Given that change that the league has made, I think this is actually a significant game because the nets right now, I mean, they're 32 and 30, right? And they got teams below them that are biting at their heels. And for them, if, you know, this is a game uh, that they would probably want to take from us. Right. But it's in Toronto. We're going to have a home crowd. Um, They're not going to have their stars playing. And what this is going to do is after we win, I'm assuming this is going to put a lot of pressure on their new big three. And who, by the way, I think are going to be, I think that's a better like team fit than Harden. And, you know, me and Graf have talked about that before. I still think that Philly is a monster now, but the, the, the Brooklyn Nets are a very complete team now. But the question is, how fast can you get it together? And will it be too late? Because these guys are going to be in like the 10 spot by the time that they come back. And then let's just say they play us on the play in. Kyrie, right? He won't. I don't know if he'll be able to play in New York. Maybe they'll have the mandate changed, but I'm pretty sure he won't be able to play here. For me, it's a uh, finger. Around Milwaukee and Brooklyn, especially with Ben Simmons and Katie Pack and Fold. You just mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously a team that reaps the benefits of the NBA trade deadline. You know, Toronto Raptors, I think the conversation you were having was. 
you know, unimpressive. You know, Thaddeus Young, you know, fine acquisition, good vet off the bench. But yet again, you look at the other teams in the East and how much, you know, how much they improved during the deadline. Graf, do you think we did enough, comparatively speaking, at the deadline? And I guess in retrospect, is there a move that you would have liked to see the team maybe do instead of bringing in Thad Young? There was a lot of rumors. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> look, I'm someone that will, um, not overreact, I guess is the best way to put it. So I guess that's underreact. my job. That's my job. Um, yeah. Craig's the crazy one, right? I, I have more logic and perspective on things. And I really <laughs> truly <laughs> think I'm all passion. I'm all passion. <laughs> well, look, Sorry, you got to trust me. You lose right? all credibility like, yeah. with the Ross Westbrook takes. Agreed. It's a lonely um, island. <laughs> but Look, do you guys like, honestly, like, do you guys not trust Masai? And I'm not asking you, it's, it's a rhetorical question. It's more of to the fan base. But at this point, anyone who's questioned Masai has been wrong. Honestly, he's never Bobby lost Webster. a trade. Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, the, the front office, we'll put Bobby and Masai in the same boat here and say the front office really hasn't been wrong. They haven't really lost a trade. Um, I do think our bench is actually a lot better than a lot of the fans think. I mean, last night yeah, against Brooklyn yeah. was a really good example of that. Malachi Flynn was player of the or rookie of the month in the final season last year. He can bring you points. He He's a good player. Thaddeus Young, he hit three threes uh, last night. He's kind of a glue guy that you need when Siakam isn't playing well. So I think it's a bit... Um, of an overreaction. Honestly, I don't think this year is a winning championship aspiration type season for the Raptors. Sure, we can go deep and that's going to be great for the development of people like Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent and OG and our young players. But I don't think it's like, you know, make or break. We're not like in Milwaukee situation or, or you know, the Lakers, thank God, where it's yeah. like this season is everything. Where, whereas I would say a team like the Lakers dropped the ball by not doing anything at the trade deadline. The Raptors really didn't have to do anything. It, and if you go to your last question there, there is one move I think would have fit our timeline. And that was for Miles Turner. Um, yeah. I don't really know what the price tag would have been. It seems like it would have been at least two first, probably a second in there as well. And then, you know, good prospects like Flynn and, and, and who knows? Like, I mean, precious fucking Achua has come out of the all-star game looking like he's bam out of bio. So it's, yeah, I think that this year is still an evaluation year. And when we went on that winning streak, it was really just like minutes, minutes, minutes. Now it's like the second half of the year might be evaluation down the stretch. So, can I? Great. Yeah. He just Coming into the season with sort of lofty expectations, especially when it comes to the center position, power four position. Um, played phenomenal. Post all. Like, what do you view him as part of or that we're developing this interesting unit that we have? Someone that hasn't really played into that role quite yet. Well, I, I think it remains to be seen. His potential is obvious. He's a phenomenal athlete, uh, loads of energy, right? Like we've compared him on this podcast to like a Kenneth Reed player. I think the question that remains to be answered is, can he elevate his game by, you know, working on his technical ability, his finesse around the basket, his shooting ability, his game IQ, these kinds of things. Uh, but long-term, he's still a great prospect. And I mean, if you look now on the final 
verdict of what we got from the Kyle Lowry sign-in trade, right? Like you got Precious Achua and Thaddeus Young. That's not so bad, right? Because um, Precious could be someone that we have for the next 10 years here. I think Masai really likes him and he fits what they're trying to build. And I think that rising stars game, I mean, Nick nurse mentioned this, it gave him a little bit of a boost, right? Cause he was able to kind of measure himself against some of the other top players in the league and perform very well. Finish this podcast off with a brief discussion about the future of OG and Anobi. Um, you know, we drafted Barnes this year, um, you know, in full form, more, you know, I know that we have, you know, at the wing position, you know, these multifaceted players. The question I want to is the future for OG. You got to think to ourselves, there's more we could bring in that maybe move the needle a little bit more. This is hypothetical off. But looking at a guy like DeAndre Aiden, for example, you know, he's going to be an RA next year. It doesn't really seem like to an contract. What about an Aiden trade or something within that? Like, do you see him being on this team moving down the road, or do you think he's an incredible blue chip player to kind of flip for someone who? Don't can, can I just say this DeAndre Aiden thing that you brought up? I've been thinking about that recently. The Raptors should totally be targeting Aiton in, in the offseason, give him max money. You put Aiton on this team, oh my. Right, And and that's kind of why I was mad at the trade deadline. I mean, I, I joke about Porzingis. I understand why long-term maybe they didn't think it was the right fit. But if you can just add a center with, with length, right, defensive Quick. versatility – Right. That's just on that, I would not be maxing. I would not be max contracting Aiton right now. I mean, you, you, you really think the, he's going to him? You could give him the his, fun max, you know, yeah. like the, the lower level. Max. I mean, I just think that that he would be an amazing fit on this roster. And he's got that international flair. It actually fits right now. Like if you were that center for the for the Suns, Chris Paul would make you look good, too. I, I, I think it's beyond that. I, and I just think he would fit well. Mm. I mean, maybe. I mean, but that's not, I mean, going back to Brandon's question, right, about OG, uh, I I still think he's developing. I think that if you were going to, tr- like, the redundancy between OG, Siakam, and Scotty Barnes, like, I would almost rather look to move Siakam uh, just because OG is younger. And look, he, he is what every team wants. I understand that. So you probably could get a lot trade-wise. But he's also then someone that we need to really value because he's, with a player like that, you can guard any of the top players in the game one-on-one. You don't have to double-team them. And that is any strong wing player, right? You give up OG and you've you've kind of you've kind of given away that option, right? So we don't have that. To me, he's a very valuable asset to the team, and I wouldn't be looking to trade him. I'm, I'm fucking shocked, Greg. We actually agree on this because you know what? He's, only 20, he's 24 years old, right? And he yeah. people don't remember that at 20 years old in his first season, he was averaging six points in the NBA. This year, he's yeah. averaging 17 and a half. Like, That's a great clearly, point. He's developed, he's developed so much. He's developing still, right? And like you said, his defense is integral. So I, I fully agree. Quick question, Brandon and Greg, for you. Tonight is Drogic's return game back in the ACC. If you guys oh. were there, would you guys be booing him right now or would you just ignore him? I oh I'd be throwing stuff on the court. <laughs> be throwing batteries on the court. 
<laughs> hey, I was at Vince Carter's Carter. return game. Okay? Yeah, no, nothing could be worse than that. I think you'll get a healthy amount of booze. He, he, he deserves to be booed to an extent. Like, yeah, the Raptors weren't giving him the minutes maybe that he wanted or he didn't like the role that he had on the team. But, like, you know, the, the way that he acted, I, I don't think was, was, was quite professional. Right? I'm with, like Brandon. Yeah. I'm with Brandon on this one. I hate to say it, Greg. We disagree once again. But, he'll, dude, he'll the guy was going through a lot of his personal life. Look, he'll get booed, and I think fans, you know, much like the L.A. fan base booing the Lakers the other night, right? Like, I think that there's a, le- a legitimate gripe there, right? And Toronto fans have a chip on their shoulder because but a lot of players, usually American. Mouth and shows Russell Westbrook the respect he deserves, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not just Russ, man. They're going at LeBron. They're going at, right? right? Like, yeah. I have, I'm, I'm. Uh, good, healthy head of side my hair down on my shoulders, and I made a drastic change. I went a little K-pop, and I'm I'm just waiting for the trips here. Greg, you haven't seen it before? Check the messenger. Let's see. Okay, so I want this on record, Brandon. I'm not chirping you. I am jealous of your hairline. Uh, I'm. <laughs> we're both half Asians, yet you have a full, lush fucking head of hair, and here I am. Thinning my life away. It's got to be the kids, the right? It's, it's I, the kids. I've accomplished in life. I will say that. Looks like <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Seacrest, man. That you is like the you most. Host, you look like you could host a game show. Looks amazing. I had a coworker say to me, that <laughs> I, I, "I guess a backhanded compliment, but you know, whatever." It depends no. who you ask, but you're also wearing that orange shirt in the picture, which really, was, really, really exemplifies those. You know, I was going to say it really ones. makes the it makes the highlights really pop. <laughs> What does the girl look? What does the girlfriend think about it? She likes it. She likes it. I was, uh, I was a little bit tired. That's of- all that mattered. Jesus, for the entire uh, last couple of years, so I mixed <laughs> it up a bit. Can I make one suggestion though? You, you yeah. also put highlights in your mustache. I am not Antonio Brown. That will not happen anytime. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm. I, I also, I like the mustache. I mean, you're. I, I like what's going on there, Grab, uh, Brandon. I like what's going on. I'm not gonna lie. It's really easy to be, you know, hipster to pedophile. So I feel like I maintain that uh, quota pretty well. Um, Nonetheless, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back (laughs) on Friday. I know we say this all the time, but, you know, we're really going to try our best to commit to this long term, especially doing two pods a week. So the idea is we'll do one early in the week, purely Raptors focused, kind of a short burst. of NBA. And as I mentioned before, we have a very exciting announcement this upcoming for Thank you for that. Anything else, boys? Eat out, T. Dot. Yes, Miku, the man, the unsung hero.